We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, guys, welcome to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast. I'm your host today, Kamiar Marabian. And you know what? It was a good day for Thunder basketball as the Oklahoma City Thunder went to Charlotte on a back-to-back, mind you, and took on the Charlotte Hornets, also known as the Charlotte Bobcats, also known as the Charlotte Hornets, also known as kind of the team owned by Michael Jordan, also known as... I'm not sure. There's a lot of knowns at known as, but uh, yeah, it's a bunch of bunch of stuff, you know. But the Thunder come away with a win, 104 to 102. I mean, what else can you say? The the game. If you were watching the game simultaneously, maybe maybe if you're a football fan with the Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys losing to the Texas A&M Aggies, that was also fun. Uh, if you're of course an OU fan, but anyways. Oklahoma City without Robertson, he's out there still selling Element Water and, uh, you know, having his relationship with Rachel Demida must be nice, buddy. Um, also, no Danilo Gallinari, uh, as he's supposedly staying at OKC to rehab him. A sore ankle, he says, and, you know, my ankle feels sore, but who knows? I'm not getting millions of dollars to be paid to get on my ankles. And then, no Diallo, but he should, I feel like Diallo should be getting reevaluated pretty soon the new year's about to head up and that would be around that four to six week timetable about him being reevaluated for that arm uh issue that he had i believe it was a hyperextension, if i remember correctly but um yeah thunder got the win and i mean the the hornets they're not they're not a good team i mean their best player who is it malik monk is it scary terry is it terry rozier is Devont Devonte? Uh, what's his face from Kansas? I can't remember. Devontae Graham, I think that's it. 
And he wasn't even a high draft pick, I don't think. I mean, I could be totally wrong. And P.J. Washington and other guys, um, you know, there's a monk on their team, and he balled out. He was all right. Bo nearly fouled out. Zeller did foul out. And um, their best player, I think it might be Scary Terry, looks like baby, And I prefer baby to be quite honest. He's a, he's a better hip-hop musician than I believe that Scary Terry is a basketball player. But who knows um let's talk about themes of the game you know there's a lot there's not really a lot to talk about it's pretty much your average thunder game really um they got off to a slow start especially with no Gallinari on offense and then third quarter things went awry fourth quarter things came down to it it went to an overtime that was exciting and both teams were undefeated in overtime this season so that's always fun but let's talk about it both teams horrendous, awful, garbage. Think of a simile. Um, not a simile. That's I'm. I would make my language arts teacher very upset. Think of a descriptor, a synonym, something that you can just say that was bad about how, but how just awful the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Charlotte Hornets were shooting from beyond the arc. OKC was 5 of 31. Charlotte was 7 of 39. Yikes. And then combine that with Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is actually one of the best teams in the NBA in free throw shooting. They were 19 of 31. So barely even 60%. I think it's 62, 61%. I'm trying to do math off the top of my head. That's not usually a good thing. But yeah, so quite honestly, if OKC takes care of business, if they make their free throws at a normal clip, because Dennis Schroeder missed several, and actually Stephen Adams had a couple clutch ones down the down the end of the game, and and if Shea makes his free throws, OKC wins this one in regulation, no problem. But it is what it is. But yeah, an unbelievably bad shooting night for the Thunder and the Hornets. Um, OKC, OKC, I believe, was out rebounded. I don't have the stats in front of me. OKC was uh, they were out bodied in the paint. For scores in the paint, I believe. Dennis Schroeder had it going for mid-range. He played really high in the mid-range and then got cold. And then, uh, you know, Chris Paul got pretty hot too. But the weird thing about this game is the Thunder, they won it in overtime. They won it in overtime by two points. But to me, maybe, like, it's because I take an anxiety medicine. I don't know what it was. I never really felt like the game was in doubt. I felt like the Thunder was going to eventually win regardless. When it went to overtime, yeah, cool. I was like, okay, okay, so he's going to win in overtime. And besides, like, how dumb do you have to be, again, for Scary Terry, this man, he thought they, I guess they won, even though OKC, it was tied at the at the end of regulation. He threw the ball up in the stands. So he, he throws the ball in the stands, and they call Tech on him, and CP3 gets a free throw to begin overtime. It's pretty funny. But I just I just never felt like the game was ever going to be a loss in the column for OKC. I always felt like OKC was going to figure out a way to make it work. And that's something special about this OKC team. Because you look at the past teams, like with Russell Westbrook, especially that, you know, with Russ or Russ and, and PG, you know, these games are the ones that kind of bite you in the butt. And especially against Charlotte, OKC, 
for some reason, they have not been able to play well against Charlotte. And maybe it's because Kemba Walker would give them fits. And guess who guarded Kemba Walker in the past? Russell Westbrook. And who guess who didn't play defense? Russell Westbrook. And now you have three guards willing to play defense on other guards. So, you know, we'll see. Um, but, you know, this game, again, it never felt like OKC was going to lose this game. And maybe some of you guys feel the same way as well. Um, another theme. Man, SGA takeover. So for Christmas, I did get a customized statement jersey from last year because, like, this year, their statement jerseys, I'm not a fan of. I mean, like, they're basically the same one as last year's except orange. And that's great, and that's fantastic, but I prefer the blue ones with the gradient on, on the, the lines on the back. I think that's wonderful. Um, and so I got that one because uh, that that, that's one I wanted. And it says Shea Gilgis Alexander at the bottom. And I wore it tonight, you know, because, I mean, Christmas was a couple days ago. And, you know, I didn't get to wear it yesterday because I had to do more Christmas. But, yeah, I wore that jersey. And, man, Shea Gilgis Alexander takeover. I mean, the man just, I don't understand how this guy can be a second-year player. I mean, he goes from averaging 18 and 19 minutes in the in, on the Clippers last year to Tonight, he got 36 minutes on a back-to-back, and he's just, at the end, he's going insane, playing incredible defense. He's so long. He's forcing turnovers. He, and he's done this several times in the clutch moments, forcing turnovers and forcing turnovers to where they're fast break points and opportunities for him. He's getting to the rim at will, finishing. There are some times when Shea seems like he tries to be too silky smooth. Do you guys feel like that maybe? That he tries to be too silky smooth where instead of just laying it off the glass, this man doesn't up and under and tries to go reverse. Sometimes I feel like he tries to do that too much and it gets him into a little bit of trouble. But otherwise, like, I, I, I was explaining this to my dad last night at my very Persian Christmas. And by the way, I've decided that, and for those that don't know, don't know my dad has many hot takes. Uh, he's a very Persian man. He, um emigrated here emigrated 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 one of the graded cheese i don't know he came over here from iran he was 16 and he just has many hot takes about many things he also hates texas which i can really appreciate as an ou fan and as an oklahoma university graduate um you know and i was explaining to him he's like oh how's the thunder and i was like well i mean they're not bad but they're not great. And can you guys hear my dog growling in the background? Yeah, I'll take care of that. And we're back because I had to let my dog out of my podcast room. Yes, I do have a podcast room. It's a, it's really just a room by myself and several recording things with pop filter. Anyways, let's get back to SGA. I was telling my dad about you know the team, and I said, hey, you know, Billy Donovan's actually I think he's a great coach because. Man, I hate when these post-game podcasts turn into bashing sessions on Russ, Russ or something like that. I hate when that happens, but I feel like since Russ became the de facto leader of the team, I mean, Russ was always the heart and soul of the team, even when Kevin Durant was in town, but when he became the unquestioned and unbridled captain and leader of the team, and Dennis Schroeder said it himself easily that sometimes he believed that Billy Donovan gave too much power to the players because he had never seen a coach just let his players do something like that, which he thought was great, but he thought maybe he gave too much power to the players, which is a direct shot at Russ in their exit interviews last year. And I just thought it was interesting. So I'm explaining, hey, you know, 
This is the offense that Billy Donovan intended. You guys look, and I brought this stat. I brought these stats up several times. Passes per game, hockey assists, so the secondary passes. I mean, OKC dead last in almost every one of those categories. This year, they're in the top ten in passes per game and in hockey assists, which are they're getting the secondary assist or the secondary pass or just basically the extra pass. What they're getting at. And now they're still in the bottom in the NBA in assists, which is weird to me. I feel like, but um, yeah, it, it it it's just it's it's hard to explain that. Like I love watching Shea Gillis Alexander, and my dad's like, oh, you know, who's the best player on the team? It's a Chris Paul. I actually, you can't really tell who the best player on this team is on any given night because I asked this to to the the rest of the uncontested guys, to Jacob, to Justin, Taylor, and Nick. I said, uh, you know, who's is Shea better than Dennis Schroeder? And because they hate me, they actually didn't answer the question, which was really rude. But you know, I think it's a good question to ask because he Shea was getting 18 minutes last year, 18, and he showed what he could do in the playoffs for the Clippers. But of course, they played the Warriors, and he is one of those guys where I told my dad, man, he's sneaky good. Like you look down. And, like, he's not thunder and, and, like, lightning and loud like Russell Westbrook is as a point guard or as a scorer. You knew Russ was scoring 30 when he had 30. It's like, and I hate to bring this up, but it's another former Thunder player. It's like Kevin Durant, man. Like, he's so smooth in the which in which the way he scores. And you look down, you look back up, and he has 27 points. And he's a second-year player. Twenty, And he's been pushing his career at 30 points, 32, 32, 27 points. It's just unbelievable how smooth he is. And he starts started taking over at some point of the game. And what really frustrated me, to be quite honest, was he, and I know he has to do this because CP3 was riding the hot hand in the mid-range. CP3 wasn't missing in the mid-range. But man, Shea getting downhill, he wasn't missing either. And I really wouldn't have lo- I really would have loved to him to actually make the plays down the stretch. Cause I feel like Oklahoma City, they may not have even gone to overtime if Shea's handling and closing this game out. Because eventually they want this guy to be their star. Now, do I believe Shea is a star player? No. Do I think he's somebody's Pippin? I do believe, and I know. I think that's. I think that might be a hot take, and I think many people might be might think that's a hot take too. I think Shea is a very good player, just like Scottie Pippen is. Scottie Pippen was a great player. Scottie Pippen made All Star games. Scottie Pippen, like he, like people like think like Scottie Pippen, like oh, so he was like the Robin to Batman of as far as Jordan. Scottie Pippen was great. He was a great player, a great defender, great fundamental guy. He can make plays for you. And I think Shea, again, I think he's a Scottie Pippen guy. I think OKC, with these draft picks, they're going to get a great player. I think they're going to get a star. We just don't know who it is. But who knows? You know? Again, in Shea's second year, he's already had his career high. You know, twenty. He's going to scoring 20 points a game. Then he's hitting his career high, 28. 30, 32, 32. And tonight he has 27 on 17 shots, 10 of 17, over 50% from the field. 
I mean, and that's on a night where Chris Paul's shooting 6 of 20. And it's funny because him and Dennis Schroeder were both 10 of 17 from the field. But it's just, you're not used to seeing a Thunder point guard do 10 of 17 from the field. And OKC had both of them. And it's just, it's just so nice. And I really wanted to see Shea close it out at the end. But of course, it didn't happen. Only one OKC starter in the positives, in the plus minus. And I just bragged on Shea for a while, and it wasn't him. Shea was a minus one. And, of course, he was the he was the second one. He was the second highest plus minus with the starters with a minus one. And that, that's unbelievable anyways. But the highest plus minus were the, was the guy that people were bagging on in the middle of the game, Stephen Adams. He was a plus one. He finished with 14-12 and three. And two, and two steals. And people during the game were talking about how you know his defense wasn't that great one-on-one, even though he was the number four player, on number four center in team shares. And that was in 2018. They brought up stats from 2018. Um, Steven Adams is a defensive anchor for the team. He's so important. And he's very important in setting screens. Have you ever noticed? And I guess, I don't know. I, I guess this is Steven Adams' minute. Have you ever noticed when Nerland sets in and he tries to set a screen? In comparison to when Steven Adams sets screens, have you ever noticed that how much more successful those Steven Adams screens are and how great of a passer Steven Adams is and just how well he boxes out and how many blocks he's actually getting this year because yeah, point guards actually playing defense. That is a shot at Russell Westbrook. He always compromised the defense. And I love the Brody, but the man risked too much to compromise the defense, and that bugged me to no end. But Stephen Adams is having a great year. He's having a career year, actually. This is the best season Steve has played. And I know he's had a rough start, but, man, he's playing really well. And it turns out he wasn't healthy. And he's a double-double machine. He's getting assists like we always knew he would. He's getting steals. He's getting blocks. It's unbelievable. And uh, you look at the bench, though. Oh, my goodness. You look at the bench and plus minus. Nobody that played from the bench was a minus. Nerland's Noel with a plus one. He had eight, seven, two assists, three steals. Nader, a plus three. And I'll talk about him a little bit later. He had two points. Of course, you have Deontay Burton, a plus three, six points. Lou Dort, a plus 12, seven points. Oh my gosh. That Lou Dort Burton lineup, that looked like two bouncers. That looked like two men that were like, yeah, no, we're going to take your best guards and we are going to physically dominate them and basically make them shoot outside shots. And that's what they did. And for the most part, it didn't work for Charlotte unless it's the very end of the game, and suddenly they're making 30-foot jumpers. That drove me insane. But and then like, and it reminded me of Lou Dort the other night. Don, Donovan Mitchell's going at Lou Dort, but Lou Dort is physically just imposing on Donovan Mitchell, wearing him down as the game goes on. Man, that was I really enjoyed that. That's the bouncer lineup. That's the most <laughs> physical guard lineup OKC could have thrown out there. Said, oh, really? You want to match this? Can you imagine throwing, like, playing with the Warriors at full strength right now or playing with what they have, which is honestly their depth is god-awful, 
And then OKC runs a, what, four-guard lineup out there. And then with Steve, where you have, we have CP3, you have Dennis Schroeder, you have Shea, you have Lou Dort, and then you have Steven Adams. And Lou Dort, you know, could match Draymond foot for foot on muscle because that's all he is, but he's got the quickness of feet. And Lou, he made a three. He made, a, I think, a free throw, I believe. He was one of two from the line. And he had another pretty decent, I think it was just a layup but, or a mid-range shot or something like that. But, man, I really like Lou Dort. I think OKC should uh, – I'm going to start the petition. We're going to name him uh, – we're going to start to name the OKC Blue, the OKC Lou, um, just like that movie Hot Tub Time Machine where he goes back in uh, in time and renames Motley Crew Motley Lou. I think we should rename the OKC Blue OKC Lou. Uh, I love Lou Dort. Give me some Lou Dort. Uh, love it, love it, love it. But, uh, yeah, and Dennis Schroeder, a plus 13, 24 points, 3 assists, and if there's anything I'd love to see this team do more, it's assist the ball. They're passing the ball a lot more per game. They're getting teams out of sorts. They're getting at Steven Adams a lot of easy buckets because they're confusing the defense and getting them on rotations, which you love. That's the basketball people always thought they would see under Billy Donovan. That's the basketball you would always see at the very beginning of the season until Russ and PG would start hijacking the, the game and just saying, no, we don't need that, all these extra passes. I'm just going to take a drive to the rim. And it's made, it's making these things more efficient. It's making the offense more efficient. Imagine that. Passing the ball makes your offense more efficient. Unbelievable. Something I want to talk about before we go to stock up and stock down. Um, Billy Donovan, after the game, was adamant about Shea. And I guess it's just becoming that brag about Shea podcast post-game. Um, he's very adamant about making Shea become a complete player. Because he said, you know, last year, like I said, he's averaging 18 minutes, and he's just averaging, he's just focusing this year on scoring. But, you know, he says there's so much more to that. They want him to become a more complete player. They want SGA to be a better defender. They want him to have a better understanding of the game. They want him to be more cerebral, other than just worrying about, you know, oh, what, what's my next career high going to be? Am I going to drop 40? Which I believe at some point this year, and you'll have to once the trades happen or unless they don't happen, like maybe people are believing so, that, uh, Shea will drop 40 in a game. But Shea, you know, because at, at a young age, you're worried about just dropping points and not missing shots badly. And you got to imagine that's what Baisley is. Just not making terrible mistakes instead of just building upon your game. And Shea, he was worried about, like Billy Donovan says, just, you know, scoring points. And, you know, there, there's more things to basketball, especially in the NBA to scoring points. We can say that to Terrence Ferguson all day. Terrence Ferguson, he had a rough night tonight, you know, and scoring-wise. But, man, he is like a Robertson guy as far as he does things in the boundaries and in the margins that go unnoticed statistically. But, man, is he important to this team's success. And um, if you can get Shea to do the little things like that, if you can get Shea to take on the defensive intensity of a Terrence Ferguson, you've got a very special player. And it's weird to say this, and I don't want people saying, oh, he said it, and it's a hot take. With the offensive talent Shea has, and with the silky smooth stroke, and with the silky smooth game he already does have, 
and OKC focusing on what he can build upon, what already already has offensively. And if you can get him to buy in on defense, just like a PG or just like a, you know, Terrence Ferguson or Andre Robertson, you are looking at a guy like Paul George. You are looking, but you know Paul George's jump shot's pretty smooth. You're looking at like a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who his jump shot's kind of like robotic, robotic motions. And Shea, I noticed tonight, you know, he's trying to get a little more fluid with this jump shot because he kind of pauses sometimes, or his jump shot kind of has a little hitch in it, like his shot's a little slow, and you can see that he's working through that, which I really like. And um, Billy Donovan after the game says, you know, OKC of course wins by two, but he puts his arm around Shea and says, you know, there's a little bit more to that because, and Billy Donovan says it, he says, Shea, hey, get the shooter, you know, on the rebound because what's-his-face P.J. Washington just missed a front end. He's going to have to miss a second one to have a chance to either win the game or tie the game with, you know, a couple seconds left. And SGA on the rebound, instead of going to the shooter like him, he confirmed with Billy Donovan, instead of blocking out his guy for the ball, Shea goes toward the ball. He's ball-watching, and that can get you in trouble in an NBA, and everybody knows that. And, I mean, at one point, the game was kind of in doubt as far as, like, okay, Charlotte could have gotten the ball, and they almost did. And so, Billy Donovan, it's another teaching moment. We have to realize, Shea is literally about a third of the way through his second NBA career. The man has played a little over 110 games. Isn't that unbelievable? That... He is in his sophomore season, and he's doing all these things. He's still learning the game. He's still learning the ins and the outs of how to be a good player. He already is a good player. He's learning how to be a great player, and that's something that we can all admire. That's something we can all love about this team because Chris Paul's going to be in OKC from what most believe, according to Adrian Wojnarowski or Wojnarowski, whatever how you say it, and how do you, and all the other pundits that they believe CP3 will be in OKC throughout the 2019-2020 season because what better point guard to learn from than Chris Paul? Quite honestly, really, seriously, what better point guard to learn from? And quite frankly, I'd rather Shea learn from Chris Paul than Russell Westbrook. Now, here's where you take the good with the bad, the, the, the the good with the bad, though, because at points, I would so much rather have Shea learn from Russell Westbrook because that's what got Victor Oladipo in the summer to get some extra work. And that's what got Victor Oladipo over the hump and into the All-Star game in the East because Vic saw how hard Russ trained and he took that upon himself because he wanted to get to that level because he saw MVP Russ. He wanted to get to that level of what Russ could be. And then, of course, Vic makes the All-Star game. So that's where I would, of course, want to see uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander be with a Russ, but man, regardless, what two better point guards to possibly learn from? Either a Russ or a CP3, two guys that have been superstars, two guys that have been all-star selections, only one of them has been to the NBA Finals, but regardless, what better guys to learn from? A, point, a pure point guard, a guy that's, you know, a guy that embodies 
the pure point guard, but also a guy that is a slasher, a guy that's a killer, a stone-cold stunner as far as Russell Westbrook. I mean, you could have chosen either one, and any NBA fan, any Oklahoma City fan would have been fine with SGA learning from either one. Unbelievable. But I got a couple segments. Let's go to Stock Up and Stock Down, brought to you guys by the mute button. I love the mute button on Twitter because sometimes people say, you know, certain things. And I didn't mute the person that I said I did because, I don't know, sometimes I'm nice. But um, people that have horse avatars on Twitter, when I say stuff like, man, Baisley shooting those outside shots now tells me what OKC wants from him in the future. And I really like that. And somebody with a horse avatar says, he has a long way to go, Ugh. but maybe if it's a horse avatar, it goes, like that, that, that's, I don't think that was a good horse sound, but, but really, was, were, lady with the horse avatar, were you really complaining about Jeremy Grant and his ascension, and Baisley already has the handles, he already has the IQ, and he already has the court awareness, and if this man can get a stroke going from the corners, oh my gosh, what kind of player Darius Baisley can be? He can be so great. So the mute button, incredibly important, and I love it. It's the best. Um, but stock up to SGA. 10 of, tw- 10 of 17, 27 points. I would have loved to see him take a control a little more down the stretch. He would have he 100% set a new career high, but he let Chris Paul have it. Um, and Chris Paul actually almost blew. You know, he did blow a layup. Luckily, Steven Adams was right behind her to tip it in. Stuck down. Ab- I gotta, you got to choose somebody. Abdul Nader. He's had a great month, and he's just had a couple of stinkers, you know? And, like, a couple of games ago, he just had this wicked off-a-screen, off-balance three, and it just went in, and you're like, holy crap, like, is this Nader in the offense that Billy Donovan wanted? Is this giving him really that much confidence? Or is it just an anomaly that Steven Adams couldn't say that word later? But, um, stock down for Nader. But, of course, it's a game-by-game basis. Nader can be stuck up in the next game. Who knows? Now on to the next segment. Da, 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 da. Moments of the game brought to you guys by this black coffee I'm drinking because it's Friday, it's 10.40, and I have nothing else to do. I'm probably going to go watch the Washington State Air Force game right after this because I love college football, and I'm really sad that football's ending. But anyways, I have two moments. A, Shea stealing the ball back-to-back series and regulation. Not that it mattered, but the man, again, like I said, was taking over the game. Loved it. Loved every second of it. He makes game-changing plays. And, of course, my favorite moment of the game, and something that really set off some fans that apparently just think Steven Adams is just a very average or below-average center. He is so not. Anyways, I'm not going to get into that argument. We're going to yell about it on the Sunday podcast, and that's okay. Steven Adams not being able to say anomaly? Never trade this man. Don't do it. If Sam Presti trades Stephen Adams, I'm going to fly to Sam Presti's house via a drone or an airplane or something. I don't know where he lives. I'll figure it out. Just like he visited Mike Muscala, I'm going to go to his house. And I'm going to just be like, I don't have a friendly talk. 
Now I might bring a tire iron, you know, but he, he might, you know, not that I'm going to Tanya Harding him or Nancy Kerrigan him, but I just want to have a friendly talk, and maybe he might need a, a to, to change his tires. I don't know, but I swear, I swear to God, I swear to God, if he trades Stephen Adams, I will not burn things down. I will not burn things down. That's what I will not do. But let us get to Twitter questions. Do you guys like that? I don't think you did, but I, I, I don't care. I don't care if you didn't like me, my voice going deep. But anyways, let's get on with these things. Taylor Peterson, ooh, member of the podcast. I love it when people of the podcast send podcast material to the podcast. I love podcasting. Podcasts are fun. Taylor Peterson, whose brother's a better basketball player than him, Hayden from Owasso. But Taylor does have two dogs, Rumble and uh, Brody, which I really appreciate. They're cute dogs. Taylor says, why did Kamir's wife leave me? And then he says an ellipsis. And for those that don't know what an ellipsis is, it's uh, three periods. And he says, wait, comma, why did Kamir's wife leave him? Well, joke's on you, Taylor. We are just now figuring out and putting the deposit down on my wedding venue. And I guess you can be invited. The uncontested crew can be invited to my wedding. That would be fun. We can podcast at the wedding. You guys can podcast during the wedding and talk about the wedding and, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be at the Will Rogers Ed Lichen Conservatory, the former greenhouse that has been remodeled. There's flowers everywhere. It's going to be in June, uh, early June, and at night, so you can open those windows, and it'll be, it'll be beautiful. So she did not leave me, but uh, it's it's interesting because um, Taylor's wife's name is Summer. I, th- I think it's Summer. It might be Autumn. I hope it turns to winter, and I hope she treats you horribly, Taylor. That's what I'm going to say. Sorry, buddy. The next one is from Zawific. I like that. Anyways, do you get the feeling Ferg's starting spot is in jeopardy? Hell no. The hell? The hell no. You know why? Because like I said earlier, what Ferg does is in the boundaries. It doesn't show up in the stat sheets. But did you see the way he guarded Paul George the other night? Paul George went like 6 of 17. How many other players in the NBA can do that? Did you see the way he guarded LeBron the other day? How many players can do that? Like him. He's skinny. Look at them. He's so small. And he just gets really t- uptight through these screens. He's probably one of the best. He's probably the Ill- um, No, no, no. He is elite at getting through screens and contesting. Does he foul sometimes? Yeah, sure, whatever. Is he the same type of defender as Andre Robertson? No, he's not. He won't be. Man, I wish he had more. I wish he had more offensive confidence. That's something that I really wish from him, and I think that's what you're getting at because he's he's not even looking to shoot anymore. And as a basketball player in the NBA, you got to be always be looking for your shot, even if he's wide open. He doesn't trust himself, and I, I hate that. I I hate that with the passion. But he brings so much to the game. He screens. And um, he needs to shoot when he's wide open. Um, somebody says, it's not really a question, it's from Zach Tech, TTFU. What does TTFU mean? Uh, turtles, the turtles from, the turtles from, 
Umbridge. I know what TTFU means. He says, use Adams more. I think we can all agree with that. Oh, man, but, you know, what else could he use Adams for? More pick and roll? I wish he could use more pick and roll. But for some reason, him and CP3 don't have a pick and roll game going, but him and, and CP3 and New Orleans do. Schroeder tries to, but uh, Schroeder just sucks at lobs. So there's that. Uh, J.A. Moreno says, is CP3 actually clutch or is it the vegan superpowers? CP3, he's got a good mid-range game. I have I have strong opinions about his vegan veganism. Um, is there anything more automatic? Oh, sorry, this is from Zoko. Is there anything that, that feels more automatic than CP3's mid-pull-up? Uh, shooter's mid pull up when he's got it going that just went away from him. But yeah, uh, somebody said jokingly, Shaq's three Paul. <laughs> Thanks for sending that in. And the Extreme Thunder fan says, Why has Shane not been given the green light to take over games? That's what I've been saying for like 25 of the 35 minutes of this podcast. I'd like to know the same thing, Extreme Thunder fans. I think that's a great question. That's a great question. And you know what? With that question, I'm going to get out of here. Follow the podcast. Follow it. It's on Blue, the Blue Wire Network of Podcast. Follow everything else. Give me a follow if you like this podcast. Give Jacob a follow. He just, By the way, the Thunder Mob 405 is now just J- at Jacob Niffin because he decided to get with the game. Follow Nick Crane. Follow Taylor Pearson. Follow Justin Peabody. That's right, Justin. I know your last name. He's got a Peabody. And guys, thank you again for listening to these post-game podcasts. And thank you guys for listening to the podcast in general. We really appreciate you guys so much. We've grown so much in two years. And it's all to you guys. And we really appreciate 100% all of you guys. Keep thundering the F up. Keep listening to the podcast. We're going to hit you guys with some giveaways. We're going to hit you guys with some great stuff. And I can't wait to what the future holds for this guy, for this group. And um, I'm just really excited. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I think we'll have a post game. I think we'll have another game podcast this Sunday, maybe. And that will be, you know, the New Year's pod. And we should be having some good times. And I'm very excited for what the New Year will bring for the podcast and the group. And uh, last but not least, Thunder up. That's it. Bye. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.